Ephesians chapter number 4. Last week we moved toward a study of uh, the walk of a believer following salvation. I know that most of us in here beyond that initial point of salvation by a pretty good number of years. Tonight, the, the, the subject point that we're going to touch on is it don't have an expiration date. I heard a lady explain it really well, the expiration date on the cans in the stores, not when they go bad. It's when they're best buy. They're still edible the day after. They're just no longer the best. And I'm not telling you to go get a can of corn that expired in 1999 and eat it. I'm telling you that, that most things in this life have an expiration date. <coughs> but our duty to God does not. It does not have an expiration date. It does not have a point in this life where we can say, well, we have done enough to repay God for what He has done for us. We're not going to reach that point because for humans, that point does not exist. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Paul said to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called last week. We talked a little bit about uh, the believer's salvation and the believer's faith. And following that faith, we are called into a vocation. We are called into a job. We are called into a duty. And the vast majority of people that call themselves Christians, and, and the majority of safe people today, I do believe, we fall short, way short, of walking worthy of that vocation wherewith we are called. Tonight I want to talk about the word faithfulness. What does that mean to us? What does it mean if an individual is faithful to us? What does it mean if our spouse is faithful to us? What does it mean if our, I don't know, even car insurance companies have loyalty programs, right? When dixie has a loyalty program, if you shop with them, they give you points. Not sure what they're good for, but they give you points anyway. If you stick with them, there's a loyalty program. There's a reward for consistency. There's a reward for faithfulness. Ace Hardware does the same thing. They'll give you points for shopping with them. And after a little while, those points add up to a dollar. And with God, the point system is a whole lot bigger. And it seems like we visit that store a whole lot less. Paul said to, we, to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith, wherewith we are called. To walk is to maintain. He didn't say that we walk one day or that we walk sometimes or that we walk part of the time or that we almost try to enjoy it a little bit, or that we, we hit and miss and go by there every now and then on the way home from work, but he said to walk. That we walk worthy. That is in our present situation that we walk. We stick with God. We are worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called, in that we are faithful every day. <coughs> there was an evangelist traveling through Rust, Ruston, Louisiana when I was in college. Oh. Uh, his name was the same exact name as a preacher that I grew up hearing all of my life, and his name just slipped my mind. Uh, Brother Jerry, 
What's his last name? Lives out of Pearl River, pastored far saving for years. Uh, Blackwell, thank you, Brother Jerry Blackwell. Uh, that, that was a man's name, and, and he was a younger man. He was probably in his 60s. Brother Jerry was in his 80s by then. But he, uh, he stood up and he said, where would the church be if everybody was as faithful as you? Where would the church be? There's a lot of churches that do not have Sunday night services anymore. They're gone. Probably never to return. And if everybody was as faithful as you, would we have already canceled Sunday night service? If everyone sang with as much spirit and desire and worship and praise toward God as you, would there be any point in playing the piano? If everyone reached out in the community and invited people to church exactly as much as you do, would we ever have a visitor? If everyone loved exactly as much as you, if everyone read their Bible exactly as much as you, if everyone spiritually was on the same level as you are, where would we be? If everyone was as faithful as me, would there still be a church or would we have hung it up by now? There's a lot of ways that we can look at faithfulness in the Bible. You see men and women used down through the Bible that, that were very, very faithful. Joseph stuck with God regardless of everything what come around to him. Hezekiah stuck with God for a minute and then at the end he fell off the wagon. The disciples stuck with God up until it got difficult. But whenever Jesus was taken and beaten, the disciples stood afar off. They weren't around. They weren't even close to it. Are we one that, that shows up when Jesus is feeding the 5,000 but leave whenever they come to arrest him? How faithful are we? Would the work of God go on would there be anyone for the work of God to go on with if everyone else was in the exact same spiritual shape as us? As Christians, we don't want to answer that question. Most of my life, I've been scared to death to answer that question. Because if everybody valued church the way that I did when I was in college, I've told y'all a couple of times, I went a year and I didn't go in very many church services at all. I listened to it on my phone. That's not church. I wasn't being faithful. If everyone sang as much as I did between junior high and high school, I went through a voice change. I used to sing really, really high, believe it or not. I mean, I sang really high. I could get them notes. I went through a voice change and there was a lady at church made a comment. She said, your voice sounds different. It sounds kind of weird. To a little bitty boy, that killed me. I didn't sing for months. I did not sing at all. I would stand up. Daddy knew it. Mama knew it. They could see it all over me. I wasn't about to sing. 
If everyone has been as faithful as me at that point, might as well have hung up the piano and the organ. There's times in our life when we slip away from God and, and we backslide. And, and I, I, I'm not going to say that's normal, but that's common. But after we backslide and, and after God gets our attention, then it's our duty to become faithful again, to be faithful from that point forward. And a word that I kept coming across in, in studying for this is consistency. If something is consistent, me and Bailey was watching Chopped on the TV two nights ago. And this woman, she cooked her veal. And uh, the judge said on the one side of it, it was, it was very, very well done. And on the other side of it, it was a medium rare. He said, if it's not consistent, I'm not going to eat it. It's poor presentation. And I'm not going to eat a medium rare steak when I ordered it well done. And so because of consistency, she was kicked off the show. She was done. She didn't have it. We look for consistency in this building. Have y'all noticed how all them bricks are straight? Brother Roy said they was out building that little area for the air conditioner. And he got up about this tall. And the boss man come by and made him tear it down. It wasn't right. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't consistent. I've never tried to build anything with holes in it, but it's got to be crazy hard. And he got that thing up about that, about that high, and then they made him come back and tear it down because it was not consistent. In our spiritual life, if we are not consistent, what are we? <coughs> I understand, and then people have always said that, well, I, I go to church some. Well, that ain't enough. He said, well, some is better than none. Yeah, but a lot's better than some. And then all the time is better than a lot. There's always a step down. There's always an excuse. Excuses ain't going to get us nowhere with God. We don't have an excuse of why we shouldn't walk worthy of the vocation. We don't have an excuse of why we are not following and worshiping and, and coming to church and reaching out in the community and sharing the gospel and reading our Bible and praying and loving one another. We have no excuse for that. There's none. Zero. I have absolutely no excuse for the failures in my life that God will accept. And I have tried. I've always been really good about excuses. God don't accept them. They're not going to fly with him because in reality, it was simply a choice to put something else ahead of him. That's what a lack of faithfulness is. It's a moment of idolatry. It's putting something else ahead of God. It's putting something in our life, something that we value, some, some sort of lust, some sort of pride. It's putting something, anything at all ahead of God. That's what it is. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. If you will, keep your Bibles open. We're going to do a little bit of reading tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. Paul is, is talking here to the, to the ministers. He says, let a man... Verse number one, so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. I believe that every person that has been born again is a steward of the mysteries of God because you have a Holy Spirit that dwells within you that shares with you the mysteries of God that the world does not have. You are then a minister of Christ because the, the, the great commission is to the church. We are to witness, we are to testify to others. He said, moreover, it is required... And students, uh, stewards, excuse me, that a man be found faithful.
how faithful are we? Are we a sometime? Are we a most of the time? Are we all the time? How often do we read our Bible? How often do we pray? How often do we put God first? Last week we talked just a little bit. If you want to be turning, we're going to Colossians chapter number 3. Last week we talked a little bit about Jesus being our example. Hebrews chapter 13 verse number 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ could not become more faithful because he was never lacking in faith to begin with. He was never lacking in anything to begin with. However, us, we start way down here. Even if you go to church your whole life, you hadn't been serving God. So following salvation, following that moment of of, of backslide, whenever we dig our heels in and we're finally able to to, to push back just a little bit, by the help of God, we start climbing toward that, that, that mark of faithfulness again. And it is a moment of of constant growth. It is the beginning of constant growth. Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 17. He said, Whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. And whatsoever... You do. Anything that we do, we are to do it as unto God. In the name of Jesus. A friend of mine was going to put a ice machine in a liquor store here recently. He rents ice machine. It's a big money gig, kind of in a city. He backed his truck up to the front of this liquor store. Unloaded the ice machine, got the pallet in the box and was loading it back in his truck. He's a deacon at the church. He was at one of his church members, saw him, took a picture of it. Loading a pallet, big box on that pallet, into the back of his truck. You know exactly what they were thinking, right? This man's done got him a whole case of beer and loaded it up in the back of his truck. He got back to church, a couple of Sundays go by. Me and say, hey, we need to talk to you. So they come to him, they show him the picture, said, what you doing? He said, I was putting in an ice machine. They said, next time, park around the corner like everybody else. Being found faithful don't mean that we hide it from everybody else. Being found faithful means that we do all, knowing that God is watching, knowing that God is listening, knowing that God sees all, knows all, hears all, even the thoughts and intents of our heart, and we do it everything as we are doing for Him, unto Him, through obedience. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter number 28. We're going to go ahead and we may read this whole chapter. Deuteronomy chapter number 28. The biggest problem that Israel had down through the the whole history of the Bible, and and even after after the Bible is, is finished, In in history, we find records of of Israel having the same exact problem even after Jesus' time. They had a big problem with disobedience. And following God kind of stepping away from the Jews and toward the Gentiles, 
in the New Testament church, we find the church having the same problem as Israel did. And even today in this country, we find churches having the same problem as Israel did. And as individuals, we have the same problem as Israel did. We have the same problem that if you have kids under two or three years old, they have this problem. If you have kids that are 20 or 30 years old, they have this problem too. It's disobedience. Don't we all struggle with that just a wiggle? You can knock your head up and down. We all go over the speed limit, right? If you go over the speed limit, that's disobedience. Israel's problem with disobedience is that, is that they always wanted to do what they wanted, but they wanted God to be with them anyway. And if we're going to be faithful, we can't do what we want. We do what God wants. And then he'll be with us. Because if we go against him, if we disobey him, if we rebel, if we put something else before him, Let's go ahead and read it. Deuteronomy chapter number 28. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day. The Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now that right there is a promise. You talk about... God said if you will do and observe everything, I will set thee on high. Above all the nations, you will be the boss. You will be the man. There will be nobody above you. He goes on all the way down to verse number 14. He said, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and blessed the, the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kin, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. And the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. And the Lord shall command the blessing upon thy storehouses and upon them that settest thy hand unto thee. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee in holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Now this continues all the way down through verse number 14. God said, I will do all of this for you if you will obey me, if you will stay faithful to me, if you will maintain reverence and, and consistency in worshiping and honoring and, and, and obeying me. Consistency. Consistency don't mean sometimes. Consistency means all the time. Consistency means being faithful. But look at number 15. Verse number 15 all the way through, I think there's 68 verses. Yeah, 68 verses. All the rest of this chapter is what happens when there is no consistency, when there is no obedience. Whenever the faithfulness is gone. Verse number 15. But it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. So observe to do all of his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day. That upon thee. That all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Curse shall thou be in the city and curse shall thou be in the field. 
Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, and the increase of thy kin and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. And the Lord shall send upon thee cursing and vexation and rebuke, and all that setteth thine hand to do it unto thou shalt be destroyed, and thou shalt perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. He goes down over and over and over and over, all the way through verse number 68. What will happen if they disobey? Ezra, Nehemiah, judges down through years and years, stood before the people of Israel and told them, Blessed are you if you obey God. Cursed are you if you disobey God. Blessed are you if you're faithful. Cursed are you if you're not. What do people of Israel do? Every time. They did exactly what they wanted to do. They did exactly what they desired to do. And if that don't sound like the 21st, we're in the 21st century? 22nd? I knew I was close. If that don't sound like the 22nd century, that don't sound like America today. I saw a picture the other day. It said hell is paved with people being told, follow your heart. Do what you want to do. Whatever makes you happy. Sound familiar? God didn't say follow your heart. God didn't say do what makes you happy. God said obey me. God said, be faithful and I'll take care of all the rest of this. God said, put me first. He said, I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy spirit. With everything that is within us, we are to love God because of what he did for us. Because of what he has done for us, because of what he continues to do for us. We will never get to the point that we have paid our debt. There's a song, I don't think it's in this new book we have, but it was in the old one. It said, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. Jesus paid that debt and we can never repay him. The absolute least we can do is obey him is to to be faithful to him. I ask again, if everyone was as faithful as us, what kind of shape would we be in? Would there be a church? Would anyone be saved? Would there be a Sunday school class? Would there be a time of fellowship? Would there be a Bible school? Would there be any amount of evangelizing in the community? Would it be raising the rafters or just hearing the piano? Everyone was as faithful as me. We'll have a verse of a song. We'll ask for a verse of invitation. If someone has something on their heart, we invite you.